The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. We're perhaps guilty at times of spending too much time on politics in the United States and Britain rather than with our colleagues in the European Union. But there's a really important election on this weekend in Italy which could have far-reaching consequences. So we've asked Dan O'Brien, the economist and columnist with the Business Post, to join us, particularly as Dan lived in Italy for a number of years in the 1990s. Why is this general election on Sunday, Dan, potentially so significant? Afternoon, Matt. Uh, well, Italy is one of the big three economies in the Eurozone. It is a hugely indebted country. Uh, it hasn't been growing for the bones of 20 years. Um, and it's got an awful lot of political, uh, economic and financial problems. And we all remember 10, 12 years ago when a small euro area country like Greece got into trouble. There was a big contagion effect. Uh, Italy is a massive economy. And if it gets into trouble, uh, it'll affect us all. It's not just the economics, though, is it? It's the potential for what's been described as a far-right government taking the helm, uh, which would be significant because that hasn't happened, has it, since Mussolini's time? There hasn't been, well, I wouldn't go so, as far as to say that the, the very likely new government will be as extreme as, as a pure fascist. Let's, you know, that Mussolini was the original fascist. Uh, they are a radical right uh, grouping, and all the polls show that they're very, very likely to have a commanding lead in, uh, in, in the polls and, and become, form the government. But absolutely, you know, no big European country has had an extremist government or a party or a government with, uh, you know, par- extremist parties lead its government. So it's it's a big, uh, potentially very big deal, particularly if the, if the new Italian government wants to take a more conflictual approach with its European partners and the European institutions. Yeah. What would a, a right-wing government do, do you think, if it got into power? Get to the economics in a second, but could it even be that it would maybe restrict what Italians have taken for granted as personal freedoms? I think there's always those possibilities. Certainly, the leader of the opposition, Enrico uh, Letta, which is a very, um, you know, in my view, a very uh, high-quality politician by, by European standards, he has made that point, and he, he's, he he does believe there is a risk to democratic standards in in his own country. And you know, none of us should take those for granted. No country is ever guaranteed to be democratic forever. Um, but I suppose for the rest of us in in Europe, the more the rest of us in the rest of Europe. The bigger issue really is whether this new government wants to push uh, the other countries um, and say, we're going to do things our way, despite Italy being so dependent, particularly on the European Central Bank, to uh, keep things ticking over. So could there be weaknesses in relation to the common European position on Russia if this new Italian government decides, well, we're not going to take the pain of higher energy bills, for example? Indeed, we're just just today. Silvio Berlusconi, one of the leaders of one of the parties likely to be form the next government, um, was uh, sorry. I don't think it was today. I think it was on a news show in one of the in, one, in recent days, uh, basically giving the, the the Russian position. You know, call, calling. Uh, calling the invasion a special military operation, as Putin calls it. And he's had a long-standing, close relationship with Putin. Uh, so have the other leaders of of these parties, particularly a guy called Matteo Salvini, who uh, was famously photo- pictured in in, 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 in in Moscow with a T-shirt of, of Putin. So these parties have links to Russia over time, and that clearly is one of the risks that they take a view 
that they don't want sanctions on Russia and they want to let the gas from Russia flow into Italy. So there is a, there's a risk around unity towards towards uh, the conflict uh, among the European Union countries if, if this government but, comes to power. Because the European Union perhaps can, to an extent, tolerate what the likes of Hungary and former Eastern European states that were associated with Russia might do. But it would be something entirely different, wouldn't it, if it was one of the more traditional members like Italy was to take that a position? Absolutely. And, and in fairness to the other Central and Eastern European countries, you know, it really only is Hungary. Most of those countries are very afraid of Russia. And in fact, they've been harder in terms of wanting sanctions on Russia because they're afraid what happened to Ukraine, what happened to them. So, you know, Hungary has really been isolated and it's a small country, 10 million people, whereas Italy, as I say, one of the big three uh, countries in, in the EU and the Eurozone, if they took a different foreign policy position, that would uh, be music to the ears for Putin. Is Italy almost bust in the way that we were back in 2010 and the Greeks were? I think it is. Um, uh, effectively, it was pretty close to being bust before the pandemic, and it's added a huge amount of debt since then. Um, the only reason it's been able to do that effectively is because the European Central Bank has been buying up Italian government IOUs. Um, you know, if that had happened when we had our severe problems in 2008, uh, maybe certainly things wouldn't have crashed the way they did. Um, would that have been... You know, can you can you wish all these problems away in the longer term? No, but certainly Europe is, has been has been basically kicking this can down the road. Uh, as I say, Italy has been a profoundly weak economy for twenty years. Its government owns two and a half trillion in debt, uh, owes two and a half trillion in debt, uh, and that's being supported by basically our common central bank um, backstopping the Italian government. So you can easily see a new Italian government wants to push it despite it being so dependent on the ECB, we, we have sort of conflict in that area as well. So hang on, but if they've been kept afloat by European money, wouldn't it be an act of suicide by a new government, whatever its political ideology, to take a Eurosceptic position, even to do things like threatening to leave the euro or refusing to implement the type of economic measures which are a requirement of getting the money from the ECB? Well, I, I suppose the difference, Matt, is that Ireland is a very small country and Greece is a small country. Ultimately, you, you know, when you go against the bigger countries and, and a powerful institution like the European Central Bank, it's very difficult if you're small. Italy's huge size, um, so in some ways its weakness is actually its strength, that the European Central Bank knows it would precipitate a crisis with Italy. It could easily, if it didn't continue to support it. So this new government effectively knows that despite being very weak economically, financially, it knows that the ECB would trigger a crisis if it got too tough with them. And this is going to be you know, the huge difficulty for European politics, one of the huge difficulties for European politics in the years to come, this conflict, how do you resolve this issue? And really the only way out of it, to everyone's satisfaction, if the Italian economy miraculously started to grow very strongly, that would ease the problem. But we've been hoping for that for 20 years. It hasn't happened. So this is going to be a really big, there's going to be a massive game of chicken potentially going on for months, uh, potentially years between the, this new Italian government and the European institutions. You're portraying it perhaps as been too big to fail, to use that phrase from the economic crisis of over a decade ago. But one last thing, Dan O'Brien, in the overall context, as you somebody as an economist, but also as an analyst who watches what happens in European politics, do you sense that there will be a continued cohesion amongst the European Union member states in dealing with the Ukrainian situation? Because it would appear that Putin is putting an awful lot of trust in the idea that uh, maybe the 
solid front will collapse, particularly when we get into winter and when the gas supplies aren't there and electricity bills and energy bills become an awful lot more expensive, that maybe the support for Ukraine might falter. No, I'd actually be pretty confident. You know, those of us who believe in democracy in Western Europe cannot allow this uh, Russia to win. You know, there's only one country in our continent that invades other countries uh, that does what Russia does. You know, it's happened in Georgia. It happened in Georgia in 2008. It happened in Ukraine in 2014. It's now happened on a massive genocidal scale. We we simply can't, you know, European countries simply cannot allow Russia to win. So I'd be very sure that even in the depths of winter and we we have power outages, that European countries will stay united, with possible exception of Italy and Hungary, but will stay united and continue to support Ukraine. Dan O'Brien, economist and columnist with the Business Post. Thank you very much for being with us here on The Last Word in Today FM. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.